0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Arsenal Cannon podcast experience. It is us once again, your boy, Daniel Fenton, and Sir Alfie Colshaw, back again. How are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you?
1: It's a pleasure. I'm I'm very happy after Saturday's result.
0: I'm very happy after that result as well. And for the first time in forever, we're coming to you guys on the back of a win. No, not not forever, but it just... Yeah. Seems,
1: Seems like a long time. Uh, I think it might, is it? We did one after um what was the f- first game of Southampton? Then we did one after
2: Yeah.
1: I think we might have done one after f- it does feel like a while.
0: Well, and it's just it's just great to beat a team a, a team above us. Exactly. You know? It feels mm. great. And we needed we needed to win that game as well. We did. It was uh, it, it was, was vital. A it was winner.
1: like a cup final exactly
0: it was yep and now we are I believe it's three points behind Chelsea
1: yeah
0: we would, and have nine nine.
1: would have been that, that I think that would have been over let's be honest
0: yeah that would have been and top the four questions, hopes
1: over. I still obviously I'd still be backing Emery I think a lot of people wouldn't but there would be questions asked we're already out of the top four race by January if we lost this game so
0: yeah exactly It was, vital. and I think it yeah it showed a lot of character from all of the all of the players really I thought yeah. they all had really good performances, and we're going to get into that when we get into mm. the player ratings. Mm. But I think all of them really played exceptionally well. Yeah, I
1: think it was a brilliant team performance. And I think it's it was a bit reminiscent of the Spurs game, but I think, I think it was more defensive, solid solidarity. That's the word, yeah. Yeah. Uh, rather than, I think Spurs was a bit more thrilling and a bit more end-to-end and I think Spurs we weren't as good defensively but this was this was slightly not as exhilarating and not as sort of satisfying because it's Spurs it's Chelsea not Spurs although I fucking hate Chelsea um but uh yeah it was it was kind of satisfying just seeing us put in a brilliant defensive performance after all of these defensive critics
0: yeah, it was, and and what else? What I'll say the diff the main difference between this game and the and the Tottenham game is like you were mm. saying, that game against Tottenham was just a typical Arsenal performance, mm. very yeah. expansive, beautiful yeah. football. This game was just downright ugly. Yeah, and it wasn't. An, it was really kind of an anti-Arsenal performance. But yeah. to be honest with you, we need those from time to time.
1: Yeah. Well, um, we don't put
0: those in enough.
1: Yeah. Well. I think a lot of people before the game were talking about the lineup obviously there's been such right. there is, I think this in January in general other than the first couple of results against Blackpool and Fulham there's been quite a lot of angst growing among among the fan base obviously the news of Konkey uh so, saying we've got no money the news of him not putting any money into the club the news of um us only being able to sign loan players and I think we really really needed this just to boost the whole club and just sort of you know, pr- kind of unite some fans again because there were some people who were sort of starting to question Emery. I think it's ridiculous, but yeah, it was desperately needed—not just for the players and for the managers to sort of get the momentum back, but also for all the fans because I think there's been a bit of disunity recently.
0: Yeah, and, and I—I'll I, be honest with you, I don't. I think that Arsenal. I don't know who was saying this. It was it was one of the guys on AFTV, mm. but they were saying that we have the most bipolar fan base <laughs> in the league by far.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: And yeah, he did just nothing but a win today would suffice. I mean, mm. we yeah, January's been a rough ass month. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's it been has. you know obviously the news recently of Sven Mislintat leaving the club. Yeah, um, that as well. So, yeah, a lot of negatives really coming into January. Obviously, like you said, we can't sign anyone. And then Ridiculous. Stan Kroenke's NFL team, uh, the LA Rams just made the Super Bowl, mm. So, which is basically, the, the if you're not aware of what the Super Bowl is to you guys listening, it's the, the final yeah. of, the, of the NFL, basically. So they have a chance to go off and win it. Mm. Um, frankly, I hope they get slapped by or the Patriots because destroyed. I just want to see Kroenke cry. Me too. <laughs>
2: Yeah, because actually I cares want... about that.
0: Yeah, exactly. I want to see him be devastated. I want Tom Brady to put in the performance of his life, rip oh, off his Patriots is, jersey. But... Oh, that's uh, that's like the Patriots superstar quarterback. Oh, right, Messi. And I want him to, yeah, basically, <laughs> I want I want him to rip off his Patriots jersey and uh, show an Arsenal badge to Stan Kroenke <laughs> sitting up in the. That would be incredible. <laughs>
1: that would be absolutely incredible.
0: That is a that would be a dream. That would be a complete another. It's, it's at Wembley, but, isn't
1: it? Is this the one at Wembley? Ah, uh,
0: it might be. I'm. I don't keep up. I, with just, NFL I just know that,
1: that, much. that a Super Bowl match happens at Wembley at some point during the year. I don't know. You know more sure. about uh, me, but
0: yeah, yeah, and, I, and to any of our American listeners or, or or any English listeners listening that know about NFL, mm. you probably just think I sound like a complete idiot right now because. <sighs> I don't know a lot about it either. I just know a little bit more than Alfie. <laughs> yeah, I know practically um, nothing. <laughs> apart well, from it's, yeah, how
1: it's the weird. game, it's... I slightly know how the game works from doing it in um at school once, but that's about it.
0: Yeah, it's a weird game, and and football as in not American football, yeah, soccer is significantly yeah soccer yeah. <laughs> is significantly easier to. Understand <laughs> to understand, yeah. yeah. It's put the ball and it's in the just, net. just
1: a much no, better, no better game. Sides. Let's be honest; it's it really superior is superior in every Yeah, way. you don't.
0: It really, yeah, exactly. You don't have to have three hours of your life taken away from you exactly. to watch a match.
1: And all they do it's is, like is, is, is gain yards. That's all it's about.
0: And no, it's all know, set it's, plays and everything.
1: It's like watching a football match, and everything was just corners, pretty much.
0: Pretty much, yeah. Mm. That's 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 true, and it's very very boring. In my yeah, opinion,
1: exactly. you know what? You
0: know what? Others. I find basketball boring too. Yeah, it's uh, just it's like constant scoring. It's like, come on, this ain't even a challenge yeah, for these guys. I, They're all like seven feet tall.
1: Exactly, and it's just yeah, I, I, I can understand it more than than American football. But yeah, I, I'm not particularly bad. I, I, I quite like tennis. It's probably my other favorite sport. But
0: I like tennis. For monus, I don't know. Favorite watch, tennis player? Uh,
1: pro- I don't really know. Probably Murray, just because he's British, but. Murray. A lot. A lot of people don't like Murray over here, just because his personality really? is a bit annoying. <laughs> yeah, he just like, uh, he's so boring, and he, I don't know. Some people <laughs> like think he's Milner funny, and he's worshipped by the media because he's British. But oh. I don't know. I I don't know. You
0: guys, you guys do that a lot over there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Over-hype we're, the we're crap not... out of.
1: Yeah, we've had some hurt in sport sometimes. So unlike USA, who just dominate everything in the Olympics, so. Yeah, I've hey, got to be honest. We are, yeah.
0: We're dreadful at football.
1: Yeah, but everything else <laughs> is pretty amazing. I, pretty yeah, much. Well, because well, well, we have people from all over. Yeah, I, don't, I don't, honest, I don't watch many other sports. Quite like F1, I don't know if you watch F1.
0: We don't really get that over here. Yeah,
1: I didn't think you did. I don't, didn't think there was any American drivers, but... Yeah, I, I don't watch many other sports, if I'm honest. I'm all concentrated on football, but...
0: Yeah, well, oh, no. and, and football is a beautiful game, and that was just basically accentuated by how. You you know what you have to be a lover of football to appreciate that performance that Arsenal put up yeah. against Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, that because if you're you know if you are not a big football fan and you were watching that game, you're watching your first ever soccer game, mm. and you saw that game, you're watching the second half, you'd be like, God, yeah. this is very boring. Yeah, you know? second
1: half, exactly. <laughs>
0: But, but if you if you know if you know about mm, football, that was a good, f- was a good from defensive an Arsenal perspective
1: for something that's just so untypical of our team. It was just beautiful to see. But yeah, should we sort t- talk about the lineup quickly?
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go through the lineup. Mm. It was a bit controversial um, yeah. when it first came out. A lot of people didn't really like what the starting lineup was. Mm. Uh, the defensive. The defensive back four was pretty standard, obviously Leno yeah. was starting in goal uh Bellarine was on the right back position, Socrates mm. and Cassheni partnered up as a center half and said Kalashak played as mm. a left back um if and that was
1: yeah, if I'm completely honest i was a I was a bit surprised Cassheni started over Me too. Mustafi, but it was justified so but yeah i, I thought Kani hasn't been brilliant up to this point, so I was thinking maybe. You know he's got a bit more faith in Mustafi, but he made a quite a big call there, and it came off another big call. Midfield, probably the most controversial, the one that I was called, I was crying out for Grenduze to not start because I think he's been starting yeah, way too I much. Was... He's been poor Me recently, too. but he came in and he was excellent, so it was justified again. And I think people like to criticise some of Emery's decisions, but the majority of them have been justified so far. He has made a couple of ones which have been a bit strange. You know, if right. you think back to uh, when, oh yeah, taking Meza off at halftime at Brighton, that was a bit strange. Taking Lacazette yeah, then, off in that yeah. game, but most of them have been justified. And I think people need to realise he knows what he's doing and he's making decisions based on what he believes to be right. And yeah, as I've said, most of them have been justified. So, yeah,
0: yeah, and and we needed a manager that, when he was making substitutions, did not really. Look at the name on the back of the player's jersey. Exactly. You know, he just needed to say, all right, well, you know what? Uh, we need to be a little bit more defensively solid, so mm. I'm going to take off one of my strikers. I don't care if he's on, you know, around yeah. 200,000 pounds a week or something like that. You know, I don't care. Yeah. It's time for me to put on a different player so we could have a different mm. approach to this game. And, you know, moving up uh, to, the, to the midfield line, as you were saying, with Gwen Duzzi controversially starting, mm. I'm the same as you. I was kind of like, I don't know, man. I don't really yeah. like that. Because I think you know he's kind of he seems like he really likes to play this kind of flat three in midfield yeah. recently or of the like Gwendozi, yeah, yeah, or the diamond, and I just think Gwendozi recently, mm. not not against Chelsea, Chelsea, against Chelsea was fantastic, but mm. in recent matches, you know, he hasn't he hasn't been terrible, but he hasn't been great either. Yeah. and I do you remember a few seasons ago when Alex Awobi first bursted onto the scene? Yeah, and it was it just kind of seemed like. No matter what he did, Arsene Wenger really seemed to fancy him yeah, quite a lot. Yeah, it
1: feels a bit like that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I,
0: I didn't. I just, I don't want Gwen Doozy's confidence to just get completely shattered because he's a confident kid. Mm. You know, I don't want, I don't want his confidence to get shattered and playing like the in did.
1: Games where he's playing consistently and not particularly well, I think, could do that. But it, it was justified, as I said, and yeah, it was. Uh, further forward, again, I put this on my Instagram, I was telling Daniel this before. Ramsey in behind the split striker partnership of Lacazette and Albamiang, something that we haven't seen since that brilliant performance in the second half against Spurs where it really worked and that was probably our best half of the season. And I've been calling it since for th- since then, just saying. and uh, <laughs> And he hasn't been doing it and he did it and it worked. So... You know, maybe they should they should get me. But
0: Yeah, maybe they should hire you, man. Exactly. I mean, Sven's, Sven's gone, so exactly. I'm, bring you in.
1: <laughs> I'm bringing Nottingham Forest into the Premier League and football manager. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, come on. Clearly that's got something that's about really me. all you need. Exactly. Yeah, you, you've got all the proper qualifications. I've got the CV.
1: So. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but I thought I thought Ramsey was – you know, I, I've i kind of been – I, I agree with that. Yeah. I've been calling out for Aaron Ramsey to start. I don't really care that yeah. he's leaving.
2: Yeah, same. You know, it, I don't he, care.
0: Yeah, he's he's being. I mean, I'm upset that he's leaving. Granted, he's a fantastic footballer, mm. but you know, he's he's being extremely professional. Yeah, he still will die for the badge as long yeah. as he's here. That's what at least that's what it seems like. Yeah, and if he keeps that attitude until the end of the season, then mm. I think he deserves to be consistently starting. Yeah, because I mean, let's have it right. Me and you were talking about this in our little uh, pre-podcast conversation. Mesut Ozil doesn't really fit in with the style that Unai Emery wants to play with.
1: Yeah, and that was the other thing I was going to say. There was a lot of people saying, oh, we've got to start no creativity without Ozil. That's just, it's, it's not true. I mean, I can no, say, it's not you, true. Can, you can say, he definitely does add an element of creativity. Um, but if you looked at the West Ham game, I wouldn't have started him and I don't think he would have necessarily made a huge difference. He probably would have... It no. would have been nice to have him off the bench and I think that was a mistake Emery made. But I, I wouldn't have started him. He doesn't produce that work rate. And that's what I've got to say. A lot of people are saying, you've got to play Meza Arzu. You've got to find a way to accommodate him. If a manager... Uh, I mean, sorry, a players have got to adapt to a manager's philosophy. F- uh, philosophy, Yeah.
2: Um.
1: It shouldn't be the other way around. Managers shouldn't have to adapt to pl- the players he's got. I think it should be the exactly. players should adapt to his philosophy. He's giving everyone... Uh, some of the things I've seen that um, I've been saying that... Meza Urz- sorry, Unai Emery got the job because he lied to the board that he'd build his team around Ramsey and Ozil and now he's just getting letting them go. Firstly, <laughs> I've been seeing that all over Instagram. Firstly, Ramsey, he wanted to keep Ramsey. He wanted to build the team around him. But the board were not willing to pay him what he wants, so therefore Ramsey has had to go, and Una M, he's trying to build a team for the future, so he's sort of not played Ramsey as much, but he is still using him. You know, he's still quite a prominent figure in the team. Yeah. And Meza Ozil, he's given everybody a fair chance to see whether they fit in his team. You know, last season, when we were calling for Wenger out, we were saying, you know, a lot of us were saying we need mass exodus in the summer, we need lots of changes in the squad. But when we got an Umar Iamri in, I sort of I think we all saw that we'll give him this first season to sort of evaluate his squad and see who he wants. And in next summer, we'll probably see the big. Well, this summer coming up, we'll probably see the big mass exodus where we see a lot of players going. And he's given all the players this season their chance. And Mesut Ozil, he doesn't feel suits his high intensity, high pressing, which is fair enough because he's not that type of player. He's not. I think if we played Mesut Ozil yesterday. He wouldn't have had the same effect. He wouldn't have been pressing highly. He wouldn't have had that same intensity that made our performance brilliant. And if he doesn't feel that he suits that, then he's got to not play him. And then the board will see it. And uh, the rumors are the board have seen it. And then Meza Ozil will go and Unai will get what he wants. And he'll get players in that he feels suits his system and his philosophy and his vision for the club. (laughs) Sorry. I mean, yeah, but yeah,
0: (laughs) no, 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 that's okay. Yeah. No, I, and I a hundred percent agree with you. I don't, I don't understand. Me and you were talking it briefly before the podcast. I don't understand mm. why Ozil is essentially pardoned for exactly. consistent poor performances. Yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's incredibly he's
1: our... inconsistent.
0: Exactly, and you know, you look at okay, for example, a similar player in stature at Manchester United to Mesut mm. Ozil is that of Paul Pogba. Yeah, right. Paul, and he's on a relatively similar wage. Yeah. You know, he's a superstar, right? Mm. So Paul Pogba was not performing well under Jose Mourinho, but in defense of Paul Pogba, neither was anybody else. Yeah. So consequently, Mourinho went, and they brought in Ale Shkoschkar. I don't know if that's <laughs> how you say his name. But <laughs> basically, new manager comes in. Pogba's performing absolutely brilliantly. Mm. And, you know, you look at, you look at what happened with, with Arsene Wenger. Arsene Wenger obviously left after his long stint with the club. Yeah. Uh, then Unai Emery comes in. Mr. Ozil's performances haven't changed at all.
1: Yeah, they've been still the exact same inconsistency, fluctuating.
0: Exactly. Yeah, one game he looks like one of the top ten players in the world, and then the next game he doesn't even look like one of the top fifty players in the Premier League. Mm. So it's just and on the and I know that you know a lot of people are saying that we're just fans, we're not accountants, we shouldn't be worrying about the wage, and Mm. I agree with that. We shouldn't be we shouldn't be worried about the wage, but fact of the matter is we are because we're a so-called self-sustainable club, and our owner mm. is not really willing to put any of his money within exactly or into the team. So we can't afford to have a luxury player like Mesudozo. Mm. You know, I know he is a great player. Yes, and football-wise, he is probably one of the most talented players on our team, if not yeah. the most talented. I
1: think he is the but, most.
0: Yeah, and and at, you know, you look at in the dressing room, every single player in there, you know, respects him massively. Yeah, because he's a gigantic figure, but. We don't need a gigantic figure right now. Yeah, we need to get back into the top four. We need to get back into the Champions League. Get our Arsenal back. You know, we mm. need hard workers, dedicated players. And Unai Emery clearly is showing what he wants in a play. And I've, I've seen tweets about this. People saying that, oh, Unai Emery doesn't care about talent. He just wants uh, he just wants workhorses. That's what they call them, workhorses. Yeah, like players like Alexis Sanchez. And it's like, yeah, well, you know what? He's our new manager.
1: Exactly. Back him.
0: Back and back the new manager. We were crying out for a ruthless manager Mm. for years. And we have one. Yeah. He basically said, okay, this is your superstar that just got a brand new contract and was given the legendary Arsenal number 10 jersey. Mm. Guess what? He's not good enough for me. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, shit. You know, and I think that I think Arsenal fans are just not used to somebody coming in and being like, no, that's fucking wrong. Yeah. And we got to fix this. And. You know, I'm, I'm 100% behind Unai Emory. I say it all the time, Malfi. I absolutely love, I adore Mesut Ozil 100%. Mm. So do I. And frankly, yeah, when I go to the Emirates, I hope I get to see him play mm. because he is an awesome player. But to be honest with you, I would rather see Arsenal succeed than Mesut Ozil succeed. Yeah,
1: and I'd rather have the manager, his philosophy and his vision for the club being built around instead of being built around one player. Because the exactly. club is bigger than one player. And what I always say about Meza Ozil, you can't doubt his quality, but you can doubt his ability to produce that quality on a consistent basis. Very true. And if people are listening to this right now, there's probably bound to be a couple of people who are just turning off immediately because Meza Ozil, I've never seen anything like it, but he's a player who if you put anything online, literally anything, it, it it could be it could be saying, "Oh, I wouldn't have necessarily started Mezaers," or that was a bit of a poor pass there for Mezaers, or something petty, small like that. You will get right. if you have sort of a, a smallish following, you will get someone saying, "Oh, shut up, you Mezaers or gender hating person." Oh, he's a brilliant yeah, player. Like oh, no Mezaers or no party. I've never seen a player like that at Arsenal. Get it, and it's because of his stature, and he sells shirts, and he is a brand, and maybe that's why I was sort of weary that maybe the club were looking at it and saying he sells shirts, he's a brand, he's if we lose him, we're set, we're going to lose quite a few shirts worldwide, yeah. So we want to keep him, and said, uh, but I think they have. Well, according to the rumors, they have seen that that he doesn't fit Unai Emery's system, and he's on a too high a wage. So they're going to try way and him go. But also, yeah, I've never seen a player who divides opinion so much. I mean, and I think I am more on the side that he's a positive player and he is a brilliant player. And if he, if I was the manager, I'd be looking to utilise him in the best way. But if your manager, if Unai Emery doesn't feel he is and if he doesn't fit his philosophy that he wants to implement, which is what he learned at PSG. You have to do that. You can't adapt for your other players. Otherwise, things would go away. You have to stick by and be stubborn, almost, to your philosophy. I know we'll talk about um, Maurizio Sarri when we get into that. but
2: mm-hmm. And
1: maybe he could adapt slightly. But he's not going to adapt his whole philosophy, his whole no. thing. And I think Chelsea will be successful. It will just take time. I think people are getting a bit overreact- overreacting about that as well. But, yeah, it's just Meza all he'll be one of the most debated players in history. But, yeah, should we talk about the game?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. right. Probably... <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Mesut Ozil, yeah, the predicament that we're in with him, is yeah. just – it's far too easy to talk yeah. about. But it's faci- – as, it as such...
1: people who talk about Arsenal for fun, you know, whether it's articles, videos, podcasts, he's, he's a fascinating person to talk about. So
0: He really yeah. is because I think the thing about him too is he's such a likable guy. Yeah. You know, he is just an absolutely beautiful footballer. Yeah, he is. You know, he plays some of the most, some of the sexiest football I've ever seen. Oh, my God, I know. It's like watching him, it's like, oh, my God. You know, I'm not even kidding. Alfie, there's a few times that Mm. Arsenal have made me have tears of joy in Mm. my eyes, okay? And uh, there's also a few times that they've made such beautiful goals that made me have tears in my eyes. Mm. One of them was the, do you remember that, the, amazing Jack Wilshere goal against Norway. I was at
1: that, that game. I was. I oh my privileged to have been at that game.
0: I like. I stood up, put my hands on my head, dude. Like a it was unbelievable. I was like, oh my mm. god, you know, because that's why. That's why I love Arsenal. That's why people love Arsenal because we mm. play beautiful football. And mm. if we were in a better position at the moment, then yeah, I think we would be able to use Mezzadoso. But yeah. we're just not, you know. And
1: and also on that, that's quite an interesting point because I've seen a lot of. Foreign fans who say, you know, we we chose Arsenal because of Meza Urzel and because of how big a name he is and because of how beautiful a player is, and not just Meza Özil. But they, I've seen fans also say, you know, many foreign fans say they chose Arsenal because of the identity, because of the beautiful football, and when that is not sort of as prevalent, uh, sort of in Meza Özil not playing as much because he's sort of the poster boy of that football it makes it harder for them to support because that's what they sort of chose Arsenal for I don't know what it was for you but I, I, I personally think that you should be supporting a club yeah that's a reason to to have chosen Arsenal but regardless of what they go through they you should be supporting them but it's a fascinating idea to me that when they don't see that identity and that brilliant football through a player like Meza Ozil, then maybe they start to lose interest in that. Yeah, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, no, I, I do. And, and I've seen that a lot. And that's just how massive of a player Mesut Ozil is. But, I mean, simple facts. Mesut Ozil could not be at Arsenal anymore and we would still play beautiful football. Yeah. We yeah. still have a ton of really fantastically talented players on exactly. our team. Exactly. And, you know, I know the game against Chelsea, mm. that wasn't a pretty game. It was not. You I know, think the first half
1: was, was quite entertaining. Second half, yeah.
0: Wasn't yeah, first great. half we were, you know, we looked like, we were like, okay, well, Chelsea, they can't defend. So mm. let's fly forward and try to get as mm. much as we can in the first half. Second half, we'll sit back on what we got.
1: Yeah. And, and I thought, I think we sort of knew if we played like that once we, I th- think we sort of knew that, and I think, a lot of people questioning Emery's tactics. I think he got it spot on yesterday in that get at Chelsea in the first half. You know, if they get pressed, Jorginho doesn't like getting pressed. And if we press them yeah. high and play with high intensity and get some goals in the first half, we'll win the game because once they go behind and we sit back, they're, they're pretty lackluster at times and they were lackluster they yesterday. Are. And we knew that we could just sort of grind the result out. And Emery knew that and he implemented that and it was brilliant. Tactical masterclass, memory in that sense. So, it was. yeah, first half, brilliant um, Lacazette's goal. I mean, oh, oh my god, beautiful! Yeah. Well, I
0: mean, I mean, okay, let's we'll, let we'll get into this. Mm. We're we'll go, we're gonna talk about the goals, and then we'll do the player ratings. Then we'll move on mm. to talking about our upcoming FA Cup game against Manchester United. But mm. the goals, man, like you were Oof. saying, Lacazette, fourteenth minute, what? Mm. Oh my god! First of all, the touch. The, the first okay. touch
1: is exceptional.
0: The first touch is just his I mean, Lacazette and I don't even think I don't even think anybody can dispute this. Overall, without any shadow of a doubt, is our most talented player at the club. He's just yeah. he's got Aside so, from Ozil, I'd say. so many good he's got so many redeeming qualities. Mm. I mean he's good at, you know, he's good at passing the ball. Obviously, you look at that finish. I mean, almost every striker in Europe you know, if Aubameyang would have got that finish, he would have went for the far post. Yeah. But Lacazette finds this little half a foot yeah. of
1: space it was between Kepa finish. and the
0: goal, and oh my gosh, beautiful! He did that. It was a similar goal to the one against Cardiff, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Where that it just was slashes well. it in at the near post. I mean, it, that is. You know, I'm pretty sure all of us uh, mm. listening to this, or me and Alfie both, have played. As a striker at some point in like a well, Sunday league match or something like that?
1: I'm not sure I have. Well, maybe like at age eight or something.
0: Well, yeah, no, I mean, just as like, ju- just at any moment, or, or you've been yeah. to the pitch to try to, you know, shoot around. Finishes yeah. like that are extremely difficult.
1: Yeah. And I think that was the only way he could score. I think any other place, any other type of finish, Saved. you wouldn't have scored. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And, and it was I think also. Finish. Worth mentioning, the second touch was exceptional as well. To take it away from the defenders, and oh, I think beautiful. it was who was it. It might have been Rudiger who almost. It was either Rudiger or David Luiz. I feel like I should know because they don't look exactly yeah. the same. But he he manages <laughs> no, to get really. just in front of the, whoever the defender was, and it was exceptional. And oh, he's just a lovely player to watch. But oh, I know. Yeah, I just love him. But anyway, the second goal. <laughs> not exactly
0: as pretty, oh, was... but... Um, no, 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 no. Center yeah. back to center back.
1: Yeah, it was actually a, a very good ball from Socrates, Quite uh, well improvised, but terrible from Chelsea defensively. They just There was about oh, eight awful. of them in the box, and Koscielny was the one player we had in the box. Completely free. But that fast, I thought it was a brilliant head up in the replays. He t- yeah, t- so twists his head, and then it comes off his shoulder, and it's, it's a bit funny. It reminded me slightly, not quite... Of Montreal's goal against them uh, at the same end yeah. last season. Yeah, yeah, t- two deflections. It was just like you're <laughs> just a bit unlucky such a lucky from goal. point of view. But then also, it was terrible defending. So
0: it yeah. was. It was. It was dreadful defending. the The whole mm. entire back line just completely lost Kashelny. Completely mm. lost track of him. And yeah, we were talking about this before the podcast. I think that if Kashelny would have made contact with his head. Rather mm. than his shoulders. I think Keppa probably would have saved it.
1: Yeah, I think I don't but think he just... was gonna get the sort of be able to guide it the other way. I think it would have gone to exactly. Keppa's near post, which he would have saved.
0: Yeah. And and Keppa just you know, you saw his face when it came off Koshony's shoulders, like, Oh what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: yeah. completely
0: but, threw him off. But
1: also in the celebration, you could see what it meant to Kosholny after his long injury, and you could see what it meant to the players, you know, you saw Kalasanach's face yeah. when he came across. And it was a brilliant moment for Koscielny after all those months out, and you, you, from, and from, the from even from a neutrals' point of view, you must have felt happy for him because it was just, it was a brilliant moment for a player. Obviously, not Chelsea fans, but the rest of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, yeah, and he is he is just such a likable guy. You know, he's been around yeah. forever. I mean, I mm. think I will say we're going to get into his performance here, but mm. I think that I think his time probably is done at Arsenal. Yeah but i think that that's a performance similar to to sackers against Chelsea in the FA Cup that we were yeah. talking about um you we know, remember for some time. Yeah, exactly. And and it's mm. going to be the performance that we remember Koscielny by because it was just so brilliant. Yeah. Speaking of performances, beautiful transition Daniel. Thank you. Um <laughs> we're going to get right into the right player into ratings. the player ratings. Okay. Yeah, let's start off with the uh, Leno. I'll let you start this time around.
1: Okay. Uh just need to get my player ratings up. Sure. My post, uh, Leno. I went for a six. Probably you could say it's a bit harsh. Normally deserves a six mm. from this game, but for me, didn't have to do anything. Exactly, they had one shot on target in the whole ninety, and when 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 a team has one shot on target, unless it's an unbelievable save, which I don't think it was. I can't even remember what it was. Exactly. You can't so really <laughs> give them a, exactly. You can't really give them a high rating. I thought his distribution was pretty decent, um, and he—I think he commanded his box slightly better than he has done recently. I know we've both criticised him for that. You know, he came for a couple of punches that he did well. I think there was one though where he did look a bit shaky. You know, when uh, Maitland-Niles got smacked in the face by Alonso. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think that. Um,
0: Fucking, I yeah. hate that guy. I can't oh, stand I hate him. him.
1: But when he came for that cross, that was a bit shaky. So there were a couple of moments. So uh, yeah, I think a six is probably fair.
0: Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't really disagree with that. And, mm. you know, granted, six is kind of our standard rating yeah, here. Yeah. I don't think that he – yeah, I don't think he played poorly by any stretch of the yeah, imagination. He, but he, he really – yeah. No, he didn't have anything to do. But what I will say about Lendo's performance – I don't know if you noticed this, but it was just mm. kind of funny for me to watch. <laughs> um, I will say about Keppa, yeah. I think he's a good, solid goalkeeper. Like we were yeah. saying before the pod, he's not worth 70 million pounds. No but he is a good goalkeeper, and I think mm. he's going to have a good – good career with Chelsea. Mm. But there was one moment where he just had a chance to play it out from the back Keppa and he just well actually there were multiple instances and he was just yeah. playing it out of play.
1: And you know that and was then, as a result of our brilliant pressing throughout the game.
0: From yeah, exactly, from our amazing pressure and mm. then about 20 seconds after Keppa plays a disgraceful ball out, <laughs> uh, we play the ball back to Leno. Leno plays a beautiful ball all the way up to the midfield line. Mm. And just right, pings it yeah. right onto our. I, I don't I remember, remember what that. player was doing. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Leno would just uh, Chaves cross cross <laughs> or something like that, and it was just hilarious to me. I was like, <laughs> 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 but yeah, but Leno, I, I agree with that. I'll probably give him a six as well. It's pretty mm. standard performance. Didn't have to do much. Uh, Bellerin, I'm absolutely gutted
2: oh, to see him get horrible. injured. Horrible,
0: and it looks very bad. Mm. And that is just that's so upsetting because he, I yeah. think Bellerin has had such a difficult few years a couple years yeah. really at arsenal you know he's yeah. come under so much criticism and i mean recently it seems like he's really just kind of won the fans over yeah he's
1: come like on that. leaps and bounds
0: yeah exactly so i mean he's he's winning over the fans people like him now you know mm. he's able to do his whole fashion kind of thing <laughs> granted some of his outfits are a bit they're
1: whoops, fucking horrible but... <laughs> some of them can't lie
0: some yeah, some of his outfits are like wow, I would not wear that too. I would not wear that on Halloween. But <laughs> but I mean honestly, it it is just so upsetting. I'm hearing it's going to he's probably going to be out for about 9 months yeah, or something like it. that. And and you so, did you see the video of it like yeah, snapping out of place? That was, oh, nah, was just awful. Nah. Awful. Thankfully, thankfully mm. though, Bellarine is a young player. Mm. So it it's probably not going to derail his career. Yeah. Um, I, at least I hope not, you know, Koscielny mm. obviously was a player that got a lot of injuries in his career. And I think yeah. it's cut his career a few years short. So hopefully that doesn't happen to him, mm. but before he did come off with the injury, uh, he came off for, uh, Muhammad Al in the 72nd minute mm. before, before that, I thought, I thought he played well. I, right. I will say, I thought he played well, uh, went forward. Well, there was, I think, you know, the thing about it, Alfie, I think, most of his deliveries were really good in the game, but the one that people are going to remember is where Lacazette was in a beautiful amount of space, and we could have made it 3-0. Do you remember that? Oh,
2: yeah. And, it and then he off. just – Yeah.
0: Yeah, and completely scuffed his lines. You know, it was yeah. a difficult ball. I'll, I'll give him that, but
1: – Yeah. but yeah, I think he was offside anyway, but yeah, I agree. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, that that's true. If I, if mm. that if that didn't get called there would have been a lot of controversy around yeah. that because I don't know what that linesman was doing, but it was yeah. clearly offsides. Yeah. But uh yeah, before the injury, I'm gutted to see him get injured. Um I probably get I probably give Bellerin a 7. Yeah. 7 out of 10. I thought I thought he played well. I
1: think he was better. I thought he was exceptional. I'd probably go 8, but yeah. fair enough.
0: 8. All right, let's yeah. let's split it. 7.5.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. Uh Socrates.
1: Uh I thought he was exceptional yesterday. I think with too. with Kashelny, I thought they they made a perfect partnership. I don't we haven't really seen that. I think we saw it against Karabag in the most meaningless match ever where we were playing yeah. Karabag, <laughs> But I don't I don't think we've seen them play as a two so far. We might we may have, maybe a couple of times, but I'm not completely sure. And I think he was superb at Socrates. I think there were quite a few uh, instances where you thought, Oh, he's gonna get done by pace here, you know, hazard up against him, but He's so quick. He's he, he doesn't seem to get beaten oh, by pace for anyone. And I, I, I think we were all expecting him to when we when he first came on the scene. I remember that Bore and Wood preseason game. Everyone was getting a bit nervous because of being beaten by some some like unprofessional players. A um thingy, Boram Wood. So yeah, he was exceptional. He put in a couple of. Br- I love the moment where he put in that tackle in the second half, and then he rises to a feet and oh. um, sort of. Like a Greek he just, warrior, he just sort of I
0: swear to Alfie, yells, I swear to God. Yeah, he is that, just that one was of a the beautiful be- moment. <laughs> he is such a likable player. I love yeah. watching him. Yeah, And he's I, a I great footballer.
1: Him. Yeah, he is. And on the ball, he, he's he's pretty accomplished. I don't think he's quite as good as Holding, because I think Holding's brilliant no. on the ball. But he's just, I think he is a brilliant centre-back. And I think if we bought in a world-class centre-back to pair with him, I think it could elevate our team so well because I think he's good enough to play alongside a brilliant centre-back and play in our team regularly because he is exceptional. And I've got, I've got to give him an 8. I think he was that good.
0: I, I'll be honest with you, man. I, I would actually probably give him a little bit higher. Fair, I think I'd probably enough. give... i give Socrates probably a 9.
1: Okay. If I'm being Split honest.
0: 8.5? 8.5. Uh, 8.5, yeah. <laughs> I know, beautiful. Beautiful. Beautiful yeah. performance. I thought the two center halves were probably the best players on the pitch. Mm. Um, yeah, I would agree. A wonderful performance from them. I mean, and we needed that. We mm. needed that. We don't get those often enough. We don't ever have defensive masterclasses, you know. Yeah. And I just seeing Socrates, a man who just loves to defend. Yeah. You know, just just such a such a good sight to see. And I, you remember who you were talking about last podcast? I was thinking about this at work.
1: Mm. Jonathan uh, Ta.
0: Jonathan Ta. Yeah. Yeah. I think that Jonathan Ta, I'm. Not, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really know much about him, but I do mm. know he's not quite a world class center back. Granted, mm. he is only.
1: I think he. Will I, be I looked one. it up.
0: He's only. He's only twenty two.
1: Yeah, I knew that.
0: <laughs> the guy looks like he's thirty six. Yeah, he's, he's six anyway, foot
1: three as well.
0: <laughs> he's absolutely <laughs> massive. Like yeah. But yeah, I think Jonathan Ta next to Socrates would just be That'd an be absolutely fantastic center center back partnership. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe even, and then, you know, moving into the future, then maybe we could get holding back there next to Jonathan Todd. And that would just be a lovely yeah. center back pairing. Yeah. But exactly. that's me dreaming. Uh, <laughs> right now, who we have is uh, Laurent Koscielny and Socrates. And Koscielny, I'll, I'll go ahead and give him his rate. Yeah. Um, you know what? Basi- on the basis of the injuries coming back from the amount of criticism he's been getting, and rightfully so, I mean, let's have mm-hmm. it right. He, he hasn't been. He has been great coming back, but you know, that injury that he yeah. had was just awful. But I would i probably have to give only a ten. I think he was Fair and enough. I think that's our first I think that's our first, that ever is 10 definitely
1: our first ten on
0: this podcast. And just I mean, it's not just for the goal. Mm. I mean, without the goal I would have given him a nine. But just mm. the goal, the way he took it, you know, how much it meant to him, mm. and then just his performance. You know, he's playing against three three players basically on the front line of Chelsea and mm. William Pedro, and Eden Hazard, who mm. were some of the quickest players in the league. Yeah. And he just didn't struggle with them at all.
1: Yeah, he po- was just, pocketed Hazard.
0: Oh, it was just beautiful. I absolutely mm. hate Eden Hazard. And I think, he's one <laughs> of the, I, I think he's a good player, but I just think the hype around him is ridiculous.
1: Mm. Better so, than Salah?
0: No, I actually I think Salah's a better player, if I'm being honest.
1: Fair enough. Um, I actually but, don't yeah. know. But, yeah. That's... Bit off topic, give, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But
0: yeah. I give, I give, uh, I give. I don't, yeah, I don't want to talk about Hazard. He just, <laughs> he just winds me up. Like if I was, I, me and my dad watching, and, and you know, I, I mm. told you how I was a defender back in my day. Mm. I granted Eden Hazard's pace would probably just beat the shit out of me, but <laughs> if I was able to keep up with him, I would just smash him. If I was Very a defender nice. every time he got the ball, because he is such a wily little cunt. And <laughs> but anyway. Enough enough about Hazard. But, yeah, no, mm. Koscielny, I'd probably give a 10. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. 10? Um, yeah, I think it, some of his positional play was – it was the Koscielny of old. You know, his recoveries. Yeah. His positional play. Some of his, his ball-playing skills were excellent. You know, the amount of times he found, you know, he was surrounded by a few players because Chelsea sort of losing the ball and we had quite a few players back. And he might manage to find these little passes into midfield. I thought he was excellent all-round. It's the best defensive performance we've seen this season. And we have seen some very good ones. You think of Tottenham. Rob Holding was excellent. Uh, yep. Socrates was excellent against Tottenham. But I think this was the best defensive performance we've seen by a mile so far. So, yeah, I'd agree yeah, with and that.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. Yep. Mm. So, 10, 10 for mm. Uh First 10 of our podcast. So, congratulations yep. to Laurent Koscielny. And hopefully we… First of many. Hopefully we have a… Yeah, hopefully we have a yeah mm. first of many. Maybe mm. for some other players, too. But, uh... Kolasinac.
1: Uh, it was a good performance. I think we were all a bit worried well. when we saw him playing left-back instead of left-wing-back yes. against a team of this caliber. But, yeah, I thought defensively he did pretty well. You know, he didn't really get beaten by Pedro at any point. Um, But I thought Chelsea were pretty ordinary, which is we might mention at some point. But
0: Yeah, we'll get into that right after these ratings.
1: Yeah, but, uh... Yeah, going forward, I think he was pretty good. I I don't know if you found the 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 fact, but he's created more chances than any of any of our other players this season, which is surprising for a left back. But it just wow. shows how much of a threat he is. Um, obviously that that brilliant cross into Albamyang when he nearly scored. I think there was a moment in the second half. Oh. Yeah, that, that would have been something else. <laughs>
2: That's so uh, close.
1: Yeah. Oh, if that had gone in, that would have been up there with you know the Giroud scorpion kick, the Wilshire
0: goal. Oh.
1: That would have been beautiful. That would have been. You know
0: beautiful. how, you know how those uh, annoying ass United fans post yeah. that stupid Lingard. Oh gif? my
1: God, drives me mad. That man. would have
0: been. We would have just posted that image under every Chelsea, Chelsea post. post ever.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, it had brought out the the Spider Man mask or something.
0: Oh, <laughs> I wish. I, well, we need to see that. Come on. Yeah, on. I know. What's going on?
1: <laughs> but anyway, yeah, there was a, there was a moment in the second half where Kalasinac. It was probably our first attack of the second half because we were pinned back for quite a lot of it. Although we sort of controlled mm-hmm. Chelsea, we contained them, but we were pinned back and he had a pretty good chance in the second half where I felt like he either could have shot or he could have pulled it back earlier. But he went round one more player, cut it back, and uh, it sort of missed Torreira, who had a tap in. I don't know if you remember that moment, but
0: yeah, he needs to shoot. I yeah. think he needs to shoot more, Colash. Yeah, if I'm
1: being honest. Because there was a time against Fulham as well the time he set up Lacazette. I thought he'd shoot there, but he didn't. He likes those little cutbacks. He's sort of notorious for them. But yeah, yeah, I don't think it was excellent because I don't think defensively some of his positional play was a bit shaky. But yeah, you'd have to give him a seven because it was a pretty decent classic yeah. performance. He gave the ball yeah, away a couple of times in the first half, which was frustrating. But yeah, i
0: yeah. will give him a seven. Uh, yeah, I-, I actually completely agree with that. I think that mm. I do think Bellarine was, was a little bit better than him yeah. over on the other side. So yeah, mm. seven seven makes sense to me. Uh, let, let's have it right. He is a wing back, and the yeah. only reason that we weren't uh, exposed, I think, majorly down his side was Chelsea were just, They're like average. you said, very ordinary. Yeah, yeah, extremely average. And Yeah, we'll we'll talk about them a little bit mm. uh, right after these ratings, but uh, granted, Xhaka. Um, mm. I would get – I think Granadjaka actually played pretty well yesterday, if I'm being honest with you. I thought yeah, he, same. I thought he looked good. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, troops on AFTV said he's one of the players that mm. for every five games, he has a good game. <laughs> I, yeah. I I think he's being a bit – I think, think that's harsh. he's being a harsh. bit harsh there. Yeah.
1: yeah. But
0: I, really, mm. against Chelsea, wow, what a good performance from mm. the whole midfield, Jaka especially. Um,
1: yeah. Were you going for Jaka? I
0: would probably seven. give an Eight.
1: Eight. I thought he was good. A couple of times he gave the ball away in in the first half, but overall he he was pretty good. Yeah, but we just have to accept he will give the ball away sloppily at times. But defensively, you know, he's getting stuck in. I thought he was very good. And I think on the whole, he does do pretty well in big games. He rises to the occasion. He does. Smaller games where he sort of disappoints a bit more. And he was at the base of our midfield, and he got a lot of our attacks going in the first half. You know, yeah. And he contribute. We you don't necessarily associate him with you know pressing highly and in high intensity because he's not the most mobile yeah, player, he was but some, he was doing a lot of that in the first pressing. half. So you got to give him an eight. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. Torreira as well. I'll go with Torreira. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: To go for Torreira, we always
1: yeah. want to have Torreira because he is. I've said this before. I just lo- I love that guy. I just love him. Oh, he's just. He needs a new deal
0: already. He needs. Yeah, a new he deal needs. Already. He needs a nine-year contract down. at least. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, because he the the amount of time you know there was a lot of talk about um, uh, uh obviously Terreira Kante, who's better. Um, saw a Chelsea post on Instagram after the Liverpool game, saying, "Oh, don't ever compare, uh." Kante to 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 the Uruguayan Jack Rodwell or something. Just come on. <sighs> if you oh, watched God. that game and you'd never watched either of them before, but you knew about football, you'd have said Torero's a much better player. And I know Kante's been played yep. out of position, but Torreira was technically not in his natural position. Play- you know, he's on the side of a diamond. And he was yep. excellent. And he kept winning the ball back. You know, he was tenacious. He was probably the main man in our pressing, you know, on that side. So yeah, I I'll, I'll probably give Torreira an eight, maybe even a nine, but I'll just go eight.
0: Uh, here let's, I I would say he wasn't quite a nine, so we're gonna yeah. be technical here. Eight. I'd probably give Torreira an eight and a half. Yeah, because Fair I enough. think that out of the out of the midfield trio, uh, moving on to Met to Matteo Guendouzi, a lot of people were saying mm. that he shouldn't have been starting. I think next to the two center halves and probably Lacazette. He was one of the best players on the pitch yesterday. It Just yeah, looked absolutely phenomenal. And mm. speaking about speaking about because Jockey, you're right. He does always show up to the big occasion. You know, I mean, you look at he has a goal against Spurs. Liverpool, a goal against yeah. Man United. Yeah, you know, he showed up against Spurs. So yeah, I thought Gwendozi in this game a lot of pressure on a young kid coming mm. into such a big game, and he was absolutely brilliant. I thought yeah, you know, just he, he is such a passionate player. He seems like he. Loves playing for Arsenal, Yeah, and he understands and has, what it
1: means clearly.
0: He does, yeah, exactly. Mm. And and you know, you look at, I think there's a couple of players in particular that mm. care about the fans, probably. Yeah, more than more than we've ever seen. You know, you look at, for example, Bellarine really cares about the fans, mm. and then Guendouzi, Lacazette, and Aubameyang yeah. really care about the fans. And yeah,
1: I'd say Ramsey as well.
0: Ramsey as well, yeah, exactly. Mm. So, and you know, it seems like that those you know, five players or so really just seem like they know what it means and how yeah. big of a club Arsenal is and how much our fans, mm. you know, with the reason our fans, I, I was saying it earlier to do, I'm not sure if it was before the podcast or during it, that we have the most bipolar fans in the world. But <laughs> yeah. the reason for that is because we all just love our club so unconditionally.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, you know, we, it's, it's the same as, ev- and I was actually having this conversation um on saturday night uh with some of my friends they were sort of questioning oh, why why would you go to arsenal carabag why would you watch arsenal carabag you know why why are you... and i just say i can't really explain it you're never going to understand it
0: i no, can't if you don't really love explain them, it it's it. It. just
1: unconditional and i don't think you get there's a huge community of people on, on like you can find them on social media that you know they they'll watch every pre-season game and it's and yeah, I can't Me really too. understand yeah, it. But it's, it's a large amount of people. And it's sort of everything is sort of evolved around Arsenal. And, I, yeah, it's it's hard to explain because it is unconditional. But I don't know. Yeah, and I think it, was, just, it was – yeah.
0: It's so refreshing to because I think I, – I you know, I respect Arsene Wenger so much. But I think especially mm. towards the end of his tenure, there, there was, was just apathy. this – there was apathy, and not only mm. that, but there was a massive disconnect between yeah. the fans and the club. It yeah. seemed like you know, after games, I don't know if you remember, but I, I was watching this on, on AFTV because obviously I don't go to the Emirates because it's a bit of a drive for me. <laughs> um, so mm. uh, after the games, the only players that would come over to applaud the fans, no matter how far away the, ga- the away game was, the only fans that would come over were Petr Cech, oxlade chamberlain mm. when he was Bellerin. here and uh Bellerin. yeah that's it you I know then the rest just walk straight down the tunnel because she yeah. only from time to time i think she mm. only based it off oh did we win and yeah it was just yeah it's just so refreshing to see even if we lose they still mm. go right over to the fans you know and it's it's so yeah. respectable yeah i
1: think i think that's something emery has sort of installed to the club this mentality and this sort of you know, you don't see... Nowadays, you see pretty much everyone going over dis, despite the result. Um, right. And that probably would have been the first thing I've said, I'd have said to the players. You know, you got to go and thank the fans because it was incredibly frustrating when you're at games and you didn't see it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's door, like literally
0: every every team does that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you see, you know, you see uh, Dortmund. I don't, that's probably the prime example. They They all go over yep. and they bow down to the yellow wall and stuff. But, yeah, yeah, do you, want to
0: you do know, uh, uh, yeah, well, oh well, uh, Gwendouzi, actually, I didn't even rate. Sorry, oh yeah, off on a bit of a yeah. 10, my bad. Um, <laughs> I probably give Gwen Doozy. I probably actually give Gwen a nine. I think that, yeah. I think out of the midfield trio, they were all fantastic and all deserve mm. at least an eight. But yeah, I think Gwen out of the the trio of them was probably uh probably the best one just because of the, you know, the amount of people that didn't really think that he should be starting from the get go. Mm. And I was. on really of them. Just, Me too, and so was I. Mm. You know, and I, I, I admit when I'm wrong, and mm. and so do you. And and we were both wrong in this case. And Gwendeusi, yeah. it was really uh, Yeah, mm. absolutely, absolutely justified. Uh, yeah, you could go mm. on with Aaron Ramsey.
1: Ramsey again. I called for him to start. Just saying, uh, yeah. called for him <laughs> to start in behind Lacazette and Aubameyang because I thought that we admit worked when against we're wrong. Spurs. Exactly. Yep. We, and yep, that gave us the right. front three to carry out this pressing and this intense style that Unai Emery wants to um, implement and that sort of makes him more bitter in the fact that he's the perfect player to carry that out and we really let him let him go um, yeah but I thought he was excellent you know his energy he was relentless in his pressing he was probably he was the main man alongside Torreira and maybe Guendouzi in a lot of that pressing mm-hmm. and go essentially it. the pressing in the first half was which one, what won us the game that made us uh, you know very it gave Chelsea problems because we could get the ball in the final third and Ramsey was at the heart of that. And he was, he was creative and he was energetic and he was everything Ramsey. We know Ramsey to be when he's at his best. So I'll probably give Ramsey an eight.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, Mm. yeah, his, just his work ethic in that entire game was absolutely phenomenal. Mm. His mentality has never even been in question. Mm. And, uh, like you were saying, you know, alongside, uh, you know, Guendouzi and Torreira, I thought his the intensity of his game was just phenomenal.
1: Mm. Exactly. And I
0: said, God, man, Juventus have got a player on their hands when he goes there.
1: Yeah, I'm and gutted.
0: I am gutted, too. I'll tell you what, man. But, you know, fair play to Aaron Ramsey. You know, I knew I always knew that if he was to move away from the club, he was going to get a big move.
1: Yeah, and abroad Because he's one of those well. players.
0: I didn't yep, see him he just like, another
1: club in... In, me either. in england
0: there, yeah there was a there was a lot of rumors about united and i was like ah he's yeah
1: and he turned down united he when he came to arsenal as a 17 yeah old. so
0: he he clearly loves the club and i think he would to be honest with you i think he would prefer to stay yeah but you know i mean the wages that juventus are going to give him i'm hearing it's about mm. 200k a week or something like that yeah and it's a
1: chance to play That's with obviously. ronaldo and potentially win the yeah, Champions chance team. to play with ronaldo so.
0: exactly juventus is one of I would, I would say, I would probably argue at the moment that Juventus and Barcelona probably at this moment in time are the best teams in Europe. Yeah, so, with
1: Man City maybe
0: and Liverpool. Yeah, with Man City and Liverpool, yeah. Mm. So, you know, it's a, it's a good opportunity for Aaron Ramsey. And frankly, I hope he goes to Juventus and I hope he wins the Champions League.
2: Yeah, same. Uh,
0: you know, best, best of luck to him. I think he's a player that completely deserves any success that comes his way. Yeah. He's a really classy guy. And he's a great footballer. So, yeah, but I, I agree with you. I think an 8 out of 10 would suffice for him. Mm. Um, up front, we play with the two-striker role, mm. uh, Lacazette and Aubameyang. Um, I'll go – I'll start off with Lacazette, and then I'll give you over to Aubameyang. Obviously, we were talking about it earlier. Fantastic finish from Lacazette. Um, really, Alfie's he's starting to show that Yeah, he's a fan favorite for a reason. What a yeah. talented player.
1: And a big game player as well.
0: Yep. He's scored now. Against every single other team in the top six, along with us,
2: mm.
0: and he's only exactly. been here for what two seasons? Yep, It's phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Mm. And I actually saw a stat that the only team that he doesn't have a goal and assist against in the top six, I believe, was. I think it's... I can't remember. I think it actually might be United. Yeah, maybe not. Is it United? Uh... Nonetheless,
2: he scored. Nonetheless. He's it's only yeah one team. Yeah.
0: So, you know, fair play to a massive game player and the, his work ethic in that entire game mm. alongside, Brilliant. you know, just like every other player was fantastic. Mm. You know, I think that a lot of people, I remember at the beginning of the season when a lot of people were benching Lacazette and their little fantasy 11s and, and playing Ozil and things like that. And it's mm. like, no, man, Lacazette has to He's play. Pivotal.
1: He's pivotal he is, to our team. He
0: is one of our, he is mm. arguably, I would say, next to Torreira, and yeah. next to Aubameyang, he is probably our most important player.
1: Yeah, I'd argue, I'd argue, I'd argue it is Torreira and Lacazette. And Torreira potentially and Lac- yeah, fair in a way. But yeah.
0: Bellerin, yeah.
1: But, fair play, uh, yeah.
0: But yeah, yeah fantastic well, performance. I was saying, I'd probably give Lacazette a nine.
1: Yeah, I was saying that exact thing to one of my friends who supports Spurs the other day. I was saying, Lacazette is just so important to us. You know, I think he's <laughs> He's a better all-round player than Aubameyang, and he was shocked. He thought, you know, because as an outsider, you don't see how just how brilliant he is if you don't watch every game, because you just see no, Aubameyang no. scores the gold. But he is so pivotal because he provides that focal point. And him and La- Aubameyang up front, is it's a brilliant partnership. And Aubameyang, wait, did you give Lacazette uh, an 8 or 9
0: or 10? I probably give I give Lacazette I probably give him I'll give him a nine. Yes. Yeah, because I think the goal was beautiful and his work ethic was second to nine. I don't think mm. there's you know who he kind of reminds me of, but I don't think he's I think he has a significantly more likable mm. attitude in the dressing room and he has a little bit more control to his game is Alexis Sanchez. Because just yeah. the amount the amount I know he's obviously a different position, <laughs> but the amount of work that Lacazette puts in every single game. Yeah, it's just second to none. So yeah, i would You are going to trigger
1: a, a lot of people by saying that. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, sorry. Who cares? <laughs> exactly.
1: Uh, Albamyang, final player. I've I've got to give him an eight, if I'm honest. Yeah, his work rate was exceptional, and I think it's something he's been slightly questioned by. You know, his his defensive ability, but the amount. I think there were three occasions in the game where he ran back. 50 yards and put in a brilliant tackle. And that's not something you associate with him. And that's what fans want to see. That's the minimum requirement is maximum effort. And he yep. was exceptional today. I mean, not, not today, Saturday. So, yeah. yeah, he he probably should have scored early on. But his work rate was exceptional. Some of his link-up play was actually quite good. So, I've got to give him an eight.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. And, you know, we're not used to... We're used to Aubameyang just being a straight killer.
1: yeah. Just a pure you know, goal
0: scorer, pure goal scorer. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, the thing about Aubameyang that I think it's going to take us time to 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 comprehend really this about Aubameyang. He's not like he's not like Lacazette. You know, I yeah, think that Lacazette, in player. terms of, exactly, yeah, and and Lacazette's going to be a way harder worker. And also, I think that if I had a chance at the end of a game, and it's just one chance to make it one nil. And it was I, I had to choose between either Lacazette or Albamiang to finish this one chance. I would probably mm. pick Lacazette if I'm being honest with yeah. you. I think it I depends on think... the
1: type of chance.
0: True, true. Mm. I I just think that Albamiang, he's going to miss a lot of chances. That's just yeah. what kind of striker he is. You know, you look at somebody like, for example, uh, and granted, I think Albamiang's a bit better than these players, but a player like Higuain or yeah. a player like Cavani, you know, Cavani, they're going to miss. Yeah a lot of chances but it's because they get so many yeah you know, they get so many chances to score because their positional play is fantastic yeah.
1: well I think if I think I'd probably say Lacazette as well in that situation but I think the thing is Aubameyang gets into more positions and that's why he scores more goals He's just yeah. more of sort of – Lacazette gets more involved in the build-up play and Aubameyang's just on the end of things much more. And I think his his predatory instincts are better than Lacazette's. But, yeah, I think if it was between the two of them, if it wasn't how they could get into the position, I'd probably agree and say Lacazette.
0: Yeah. And uh, just before – we're going to talk about actually some – we're going to talk about Chelsea for about probably two or three minutes or so. and Then we'll get into the to the FA Cup game. But first things first, let's talk about the subs that came on. Uh, first mm. substitute of the match was Maitland Niles and Alex yeah. Iwobi. They came on respectively for Aaron Ramsey and Lacazette. Now, obviously, Alpha me and you were talking about this before the podcast. Mm. Lacazette substitution once mm. again met with a jeer by the fans. Yeah,
1: and that it really annoys me because I thought it was the correct decision because I do too. you've got to take off one of the strikers because we're being penned back. We need a bit more uh, sort of a bit more firm. Is that a word? I don't know. A bit more solidality. solidity. Yeah, S- solidity in our mid- in our midfield. We needed to get a bit more grip, bit more control on the game because they were starting to build a little bit of momentum. They never really threatened, but um, no. yeah. So we needed to bring on an extra midfielder. I mean, we were going. To- we brought on Maitland Niles to play midfield. Obviously, he didn't get to play midfield for for very long yeah. because because Bellerin, that I felt for a bit about- sorry for him.
0: Yeah. For about five minutes, he got to play him. Not even, exactly. because actually most of that time, Bellerin was just down, getting stretchered off.
1: Exactly. So I it's wanted to bring him on. I-, I wanted to bring off uh, a striker, and if I'd had to pick Lacazette and Aubameyang, with the how the game was going, you go with the player who's got a bit more pace, and yep. Aubameyang's quicker, so we needed his pace on the counter, and we needed an extra midfielder there. So it was the right decision. Also, even if it had been the wrong decision, we're winning the game 2-0. So, just why would you just even try and bring ridiculous. that negativity? Ridiculous, like, I don't get man, it. It's,
0: exactly. It's almost, oh. it's, it's almost similar to the to the Ozil situation. How fan... Because Lacazette, you know, obviously, mm. he's a fan favorite. So, yeah. fans are going to be upset to see him be hooked. But yeah. simple fact of the matter is Unai Emery has won... I, I'm not sure if it's two or three Europa Leagues.
1: Three in a row. Uh,
0: three, okay, that's right, yeah. Three in a yeah. row. He clearly... Clearly knows what he's doing. Exactly us. I mean us fans. Yeah, we we deserve to have our say, but Unai Emery is significantly more qualified in making exactly. maybe maybe tough decisions than us as fans. So yeah, I I think that yeah the the booing from the fans I think that was just a complete and utter yeah. disgrace. And I mean you have, he's
1: yeah yeah you, you have the right to criticize a decision. Maybe say you don't think it's the right one, but. Firstly, when you're winning and you're probably likely to see it out, particularly if you make the substitution, which, if you sort of analyse properly, you can see it's the sort of logical substitution. Um, yeah, you have your, you have the right to sort of criticise decisions, but I don't think you should be doing it in a in a boo, particularly when you're winning no. the game. And that, I just didn't understand it.
0: No, and I I think you even I think you even saw with Lacazette. Yeah. He seemed, he almost seemed irritated with the fans. Mm.
1: Yeah, I, know, I mean, could, he understood this one. And he yeah, was fine to come off you today. Tell. Yeah,
0: exactly. And there's certain times you could tell that he gets pissed off when he gets, and I, you know, I like saying that because that just means he wants to play. Yeah. But this time around, he was like, I, I don't know if you saw, but he applauded, you know, he applauded the fans. He, he you know, he told his players, to keep their heads up. Yeah. And he kind of just had the space to the fans like, dude, shut the fuck up, you know, like he knows what he's doing. Like, and I just, yeah, I, the the fact of the matter is, I thought Maitland Niles and Alex Iwobi came on and both did what they needed to do exceptionally. Exactly. I mean, yeah. didn't didn't really have to do much, but he contributed heavily to the press. And then yeah. Maitland Niles came into midfield for about one minute and then mm. had to move back to a right back position that I don't think he wants to play at all. Yeah, but there were two instances in particular. Yeah, me too. And there were two instances Mm. in particular where Maitland Niles was one on one with one of the Chelsea with you know respective Chelsea attackers, and both times he won the ball. Yeah. So fair, you know, fair play to an Amery. Don't listen to the fucking fans. Don't you know what you're doing? I just keep doing what you're doing because at the end of the day, I don't think there's any doubt in anybody's mind that we have improved drastically. Yeah, in terms of football, as opposed to last season.
1: Yeah, and I think a, so, that had been questions in recent re. There had been questions on that in recent weeks, but I think a dip in form was obvious, and I think a lot of it was down right. to maybe a few injuries and stuff like that. But you've got to give it to him. He he got it completely right yes uh, on Saturday. A hundred percent. He got hundred percent tactically. He got it brilliantly on, and then his substitutions were good as well. I thought El a lot of people saying. El on played well. Yeah, he, maybe, maybe some people should have said he, he should have brought on Meza Ozil. but I think when you're winning, nah. it wasn't needed as much. And I think we needed someone who would come in and just solidify it even more. A workhorse. Yeah, someone who could solidify yeah. it more and sort of bring a bit more control because El Nenny's a very neat player, you know, he won't give the ball away very often. And we no. needed that because we didn't have much possession in the second half. Exactly. And he came on and he did the job. So it's justified.
0: Yeah, so for probably for all three of the subs that came on, I would probably give each one of them, Maitland Niles, um, El Neni, and Alex Iwobi, I probably give them all a seven because I yeah. thought they all came on. It wasn't really standard from them. I thought they came on and they did well. Yeah, to be honest. So, and you know, speak before before we talk about Chelsea's problems a little bit, which by the way are fucking hilarious. <laughs> but um, I thought El- first of all two of those three players Maitland Niles he doesn't get much criticism and good he shouldn't he's you know he's a young player mm. but Alex Iwobi and Mohamed Elneny are two of the most unfairly criticized player at yeah. this football club
1: and i can't and understand both, Elneny because he sh- he doesn't play
0: the guy doesn't even do anything wrong like yeah. <laughs> i was i was talking to a guy i was arguing with some i don't even know some indian guy on on twitter and he was saying that you know, we have to get rid of El Why? He's he doesn't not good at play
1: enough. football. It's like he plays in, like, in meaninglessly this... cup games.
0: And okay, and also this guy El is one of the most hardworking players in our team, yeah. and he is just willing. Similarly to Maitland Niles, I think he is willing to play literally any position you put him in.
1: Yeah, and he, and he <laughs> Elneny, always does a job. He, al- he always, he alright,
0: always, he hasn't had. He's had a few.
1: Sort of weaker performances in League Cup games this season, but, and, you know, some uh, Europa League games, but he's a squad right. player. How, how, I don't see how people are so passionately. <laughs> he's he's uh, the, not even. Exactly. I see people so passionately against Mohamed El and not having him in the squad. Why? They say, oh, he's not good enough for Arsenal, but he doesn't play that much. He's good it, enough to a, be, he's good enough to play the role he plays. If he was playing week in, week out, yeah, I'd understand. Yes, gonna, he gives yeah. everything, but he's, he's not exactly quality. But for the amount of game time he gets, two Premier League appearances this season, combined of about 80 minutes, I think, because <laughs> he came off quite early in the first one. That's right, yeah. fine. He's good enough to play that amount. He's a nice yeah. sort of squad player to have. He's quite neat. He'll get exactly. a job done. It's, and his wages, <laughs> I looked him up.
0: His, he's on about 40 grand a week. Exactly. That is not yeah, I mean, for for I mean, for us, I mean, I would fucking take forty grand a week any day of the week. But exactly. I mean, for like a professional footballer at a club the size of Arsenal, that is not that much. Yeah, and I I just I don't know. I mean, if we can sell him for about fifteen million pounds or so, then yeah, yeah go I'll for take it. it. But I mean, I was I, this is what my argument was to the guy I was arguing with. I mean, El Neni has had about I think it was about forty appearances for Arsenal or something like that. So not yeah. a lot. Yeah, and. In those 40 appearances, he's played as a defensive midfielder, mm. a central midfielder, a right back, yeah. and a center back. Yeah. And so, he pretty much yeah, played I as don't... a
1: number 10 the other day. Not like a conventional one, but he was sort of the okay, furthest well, you forward Okay, well, even pressing.
0: count that, too. Put... Yeah. yeah, why not put that on his resume? So, yeah. five. Exactly. five positions in 40 games. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think our fans just like to try to find yeah. somebody who's a blame, utility player. I'm being honest. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, and you need those. Every, I mean, you look at a a player that kind of reminds me of him is a player like Danny Welbeck.
2: Yeah, granted, yeah, you Welbeck is right. on.
0: Exactly, Welbeck is on way higher wages than he deserves to be on. But mm. honestly, you need players like that in your squad that that are going to just bust their ass and they'll just play in any position that you yeah, ask them to and do a job. But yeah, those three substitutes—they all came on. They did a job really well. Seven out of ten, in my opinion. Do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I would. Seven. Okay. Uh yeah, so let's let's talk about some of Chelsea's problems mm. uh before I move on to because I just you know what I'll tell you what, man. Mm. Chelsea's fans have to be some of the most oh. foolish, blindly arrogant people.
1: Can't stand them.
0: It's like they just they really think they're the them. best team. It's just like they are almost I would say my the teams that I hate the most mm. are Tottenham, obviously number one. Mm. Manchester United, yeah. and then
1: Chelsea. I'd have Chelsea above United, personally. Really? I know loads of Chelsea fans, which is the problem. Um,
0: yeah, no, I, they're just they so cocky.
1: Yeah, and it's I don't know many top United top. fans, so I know a lot more Chelsea fans. Well,
0: and, see, unfortunately uh, here in the States, we have a little too many United fans.
1: Yeah, well, there's too many here as well, but I know fewer.
0: Yeah, well, that's good. That means you're smart and you stay around the, you, you. don't stay around <laughs> the stupid people.
1: <laughs> well, well but, there's, there's a joke in, in, in the UK that all, all United fans are from London, <laughs> which is true. <laughs> <laughs> there's probably more United fans in London than there are West Ham and Crystal Palace and why? pretty much all of them. Because they're all glory Dude, hunters. Lived... They're all glory that's hunters. That's so
0: annoying. If I if I lived in London, first of all, I would obviously support Arsenal. Mm. But if I wasn't to support them and I lived in London, because You'd you know here in the states there's a reason. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, here in the here in the states, the reason that we don't, you know, the reason half of us support Premier League clubs is mm. because the MLS is dog shit. Yeah. And, and you want to watch so good the, football. And, exactly. So mm. that's why there's a ton of Arsenal supporters here in the states. There's mm. a ton of Arsenal supporters pretty much everywhere. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't stand Chelsea and some of the problems that they're I having can't. right now. I think, I think that Maurizio Sarri. What I'm going to say about him, though, Alfie, I think that, I think he's a good manager. I do. Yeah. And definitely. I think that it's it's about time that they get a manager into that club that actually has the desire nice to football. play attractive football. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, you know, I mean, yeah. they've had way too many Mourinho's. You know, Conte. Contes. You know. The they Lass, need a Lass. guy that could come in there. Yeah, exactly. They he was a guy quite to funny. Just be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he was shit. It's just, oh yeah, it was fucking dog shit. And they finally have a manager in there because I mean, let's have it right. He turned Napoli into like an elite team in Europe. Really, I yeah. mean, they were just. I mean, they didn't win any trophies, but they probably should have. But it just shows yeah. how great of a team Juventus is. Mm. But I mean. Uh, yeah, I think he's a good manager, but I, I do have some criticisms about him. Yeah, if I'm being I honest think everyone with you. knows at the moment. I, yeah, I think that his, I think Jorginho, first of all, I just I want to say this I think Jorginho is a fantastic footballer. Yeah, I
2: really do. I agree.
0: And, but playing Conte, who is, you know, the second best defensive midfielder after Torreira <laughs> in, <laughs> in a wrong position. Yeah just to accommodate, you know, there's that word again, accommodating players, you know. Just to accommodate Jorginho and play him in his position that he prefers is just asinine, in my opinion. Yeah. It just doesn't really make any sense. If I was sorry, I would probably, I would want to go with, I would want to go with maybe a midfield pivot of the two of them, actually.
1: Yeah. They don't have a conventional uh, number 10 at the moment. I suppose you could play Barkley in there or Loftus-Cheek who's done well, but
0: but no, wait, wait, don't, don't forget this is Chelsea. They won't play a player unless uh, – <sighs> they won't star. play a youngster. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. can't stand that. That's, that's ridiculous. But yeah, what do you make of some of Chelsea's problems?
1: Um, well, I think a lot of it stems from the fact that, as you said, they've had a lot of defensive coaches. They've got a lot of players in the club who have been sort of trained over the last five, even ten years to play sort of, sort of quite deep football, counter-attacking. You know, that's what a lot of their players are set up to do a lot under Conte, under Mourinho. And that's the problem at the moment. They've got a lot of players who don't really suit Sari's style other than maybe Jorginho. And it's going to take time for them to adapt to his style. And as I said before, I think they have to adapt. And I think some uh, fans are overreacting. I think he's got a philosophy and his philosophy has worked in another country. There's question marks over, can it work here? I think it can, but it's going to need a lot more time signings. and a lot more signings and or maybe yep. some promotion of youth but it's Chelsea so I'm <laughs> not sure that'll yeah. happen but um well yeah yeah if you look at his great team at Napoli he had Jorginho at the base who was the regista he made everything came through him all the play you know pass master then you had Alan beside him who had a bit more f- freedom to go forward but he was the ball winner he was the player who won the ball he's playing on the right of Jorginho and it doesn't suit Kante and Kante is at his best when he's sitting deep and he's winning the ball from there instead of when he get in, it gets into these attacking positions he's not as comfortable and Alan was slightly more comfortable in those positions hmm. and Kante Yeah, he's, he's uncomfortable in those positions and I think it's a difficult one because as I was saying I don't think a manager should adapt his philosophy for the players he has but at the same time I don't think he necessarily needs to adapt his philosophy his philosophy is all no. about possession, all about you know, creating attractive. things with the ball, attractive football. I think he could potentially just shift his formation a bit and play uh, Kante in his natural position. Um, and alongside Jorginho, because Jorginho is the heartbeat. If, and I think the problem is Jorginho gets exposed by the pace of the Premier League when he's playing against teams that come up against him. You know, Lali, uh, sorry, Serie A yeah. is a lot slower so his a pace and ball. his defense, defensive mind is not um, its not exposed as much when he was there. It's kind of similar to Xhaka last season. We were exposed when he was left alone because he's not defensively minded and he's not um, particularly uh, mobile. So Jorginho is right. having similar problems there. And they do have to address that because in big games it is costing them. But uh, yeah, I'd be looking to say, do a similar thing, as you said. I thought a lot of people were also talking about Hazard playing as a false nine. Um, yeah. I, I think I, I th- that I, that's you know because of a lack of a striker, really.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And I Higuain think that, will come in and solve that. Yeah, I think that the signing of Higuain, I think that's a great signing, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's coming. I think it's on a – he's just basically taking his loan from Milan. That's a two-year loan. Yeah. And spending the rest of his year and a half loan at Chelsea. I think yeah. that's a good move for both parties, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah. Chelsea are in dire need of a goal scorer. Murata. I mean, oh my gosh, talk, talk about, a, you, know what I, you know what I want to say though, Alfie, I mean, mm. 70 million for Kepa doesn't mm. even look like a bad signing when we say 70 million for Murata. <laughs> I mean, okay, first of all, I think what a lot of people, let's, let's get into the striker situation about Chelsea and then enough about this shit team. We'll talk about <laughs> a, a couple actual big teams in England with Manchester United and, and uh, Arsenal. But, mm. Really, I mean, they I don't know. It's just I, I always ask the question, why the hell did they get rid of Diego Costa?
1: It's because he he, he fell out with um Conte.
0: It just it makes no sense. I mean, he's not a world class striker, but he's a great striker and he's, he's a definitely better striker. than what they have now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was obviously uh, a I
1: breakdown just, in communications and uh, Conte didn't want him anymore,
0: which is I'm sorry, uh, that makes <laughs> no sense. Yeah, I mean, first of all, Costa, I absolutely—he's one of those players that I you cannot stand, but you would take on your team any day of the week. Yeah, yeah, because I hated he's, him. he's a quality player. Yeah. Oh, I hated him too, and he just every single time we played against him, he just always, always put up a beautiful performance, and yeah. it's because well, that's the kind not, of player we not struggle beautiful,
1: with. beautiful, ugly, but
0: oh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> an ugly, ugly, ugly performance, but with some beautiful goals yeah. mixed in with it. Um. Yeah, I think that the Higuain signing will help a lot. I think that they probably just need to go ahead and get rid of Morata. Yeah, he's, he's probably already gone to
1: uh, Atletico, pretty much. It's pretty much a done deal that's from what i And
0: that's probably good for him, too, because it just yeah. has not worked out for him.
1: Yeah, well, he's I awful. Think
0: you, I think, oh, he's a terrible, terrible player. I mean, there's a reason. Do you remember when he was playing at Real Madrid? Yeah. And Benzema was in front of him.
1: Yeah, and I think I think Benzema we all see why.
0: Exactly, he's one of the most overrated Benzema,
1: strikers. Yeah,
0: Benzema, I would say, is probably a better player than Murata. I mean, and that's just sad. Yeah, because Benzema is one of the most inconsistent players, probably in Europe. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I think Chelsea probably what what I would personally do, which I don't think Chelsea are going to do, is you know, Giroud's contract's running out at the end of the season. Mm. You probably get rid of Giroud. I wouldn't sign him on a new deal. Yeah, um, sell Murata. Then you have Higuain at the club. They still have Michy Batchuaye on the books. He's just on loan, and then maybe bring him back as a backup striker.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think Batchuaye is Chelsea. good enough to be backup.
0: Yeah, so do I. Yeah, I think he's a good player. I think he's just completely mistreated. Mm.
2: But
1: yeah. Anyway,
0: and then oh, uh, oh, and one more thing: Callum Hudson Odoi, oh,
1: thirty-five million.
0: Disgraceful <laughs> from Chelsea disgraceful and that is why I cannot understand why anybody would support that team they just do not give a shit about youth yeah you got one of the most promising young players in Europe and you just are like eh fuck him whatever Mm. I don't know but enough about Chelsea this isn't a fucking Chelsea podcast if you cared about that segment fuck off and go listen to a different one (laughs) (laughs) but um, more importantly uh, let's actually talk about two um, two teams that existed before Russian money. And that is <laughs> Arsenal and Manchester United. Friday matchup in the FA yep. Cup. Woo, baby. Fourth round. Yep. I'm excited. Are you, how excited are you, Alphicott?
1: I am excited. I might be going to it. So.
0: Oh, make sure you uh, take videos I and will do. pictures and stuff. I, I, I like to have a wank over them when I, <laughs> right before I go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm excited for that, man. Yeah. I'm excited. That's uh, we're, we're, I mean, I think that, I, I think Troops was saying it on AFTV. I think that if Emory, <coughs> excuse me, if Emory managed to somehow get us into the champions, like whether it be through the Europa League or into the top four mm. and then get an FA Cup or some, obviously we're out of the Caribou Cup now. Yeah. But and then get an FA Cup. Yeah. That would just be a phenomenal season. That would be a brilliant phenomenal. first
1: season. Yeah. And then we can address some of the problems in the summer.
0: Yep, and we would get that Champions League money in. We would you probably get some sort of cash reward for winning the FA Cup, I assume. Yeah, yeah. So Can you do. Yeah, it's a, it's a big game. It's yeah. a big game against Should Manchester do,
1: United uh, lineups.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was thinking okay. we could we could just go into lineups.
1: I actually haven't um, done mine, but I'll think of it right now.
0: Me either. I I think I could do it right off the cusp. Yeah, if I'm being honest. Same. So uh, goalkeeper, who are you starting? In goal.
1: Petter check.
0: check. Yeah, you know what? I would. I, I'd probably agree with that. I think that consistently playing him in the cups.
1: Yeah. He needs some a nice rest. Yeah. And maybe if he puts in a brilliant performance, puts a bit of pressure on Leno.
0: Yeah. And and pressure is always good, especially in the goalkeeping position. So yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with Petr Cech starting in goal. He's Mm. probably going to captain the team, if we're being honest. Yeah. And I assume he's probably going to have a really nice little, uh, little reception kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I know he already had one against Chelsea, but he'll probably have another one. So yeah. Um, what what uh, formation would you go with going into this? I'm
1: going to go for the same formation because it was so effective. Four four, two, uh, four me three too. one two, or whatever you want to call it. The four four two, yeah, diamond or whatever. yeah, whatever that formation. I would agree
0: with that. Mm.
1: Just because it was that. so effective, and I think we should try again.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I don't disagree with that. I think that that is probably going to be the a formation that Emery is going to use as well for the mm. foreseeable future. Because it's relatively obvious mm. that his lack of width. preferred, yeah, exactly. He can't do his preferred formation yeah. because of lack of width. So right maybe now, maybe Dennis
1: Suarez will of... be signed.
0: I and you know what I think Dennis Suarez probably will be signed yeah. this window because it's you know you saw him. You have Instagram. I don't even have Instagram, mm. so I know you saw this. Yeah, he's Liked liking all a
1: of... lot of Instagram posts. I've seen that.
0: <laughs> exactly. So I think I think that moves pretty that, much all but complete. That
1: confirms it. Literally, if if someone exactly. likes, is that on Instagram, scary? They've signed.
0: Do you uh, remember a few years ago when Messi followed Chelsea yeah, on Instagram, I do. and it went into meltdown? It went into
1: meltdown, <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> that
0: was fucking funny.
1: But yeah, everyone thought that was confirmed, but it's just, it's ridiculous. It's probably because he just found out about chance. who they were because they weren't anything before then. They were just some small <laughs> West London club. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this Chelsea?
0: Who's Chelsea? They pay a lot. They get, I could use them to get a new contract. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's basically what he did.
0: So, but, yeah, uh, so we're both going to go with that same 4 3 one 2 That's difficult yep. to say because I'm so used to 4-3-2-1, but, or 4-2-3-1. But yep. um, back line, back four, I would go with, uh, obviously, Bellarine is injured, so yeah. it's probably not going to be him. Well, uh, this not... may be a bit controversial. Mm. I would not go with Lichsteiner because I, I don't really want Lichsteiner in a game like this. I,
2: yeah, I can't really last. imagine. Yeah,
0: Lichsteiner against Mon, uh, not Monreal. <laughs> <Lich> <laughs> against Martial would just be a shit show.
1: Yep, I and think his game time is limited to Bate Borisov.
0: Yeah, I agree completely. So mm. I would say I would probably actually start Carl Jenkinson in that position. And I think that Jenkinson will probably actually get some more game time going into the future. Um, Center-back pairing, we'll just each do our back four. Uh, Center-back pairing, I would actually probably go a little bit different than the one we had at Chelsea, but not because Mm. the back two was poor by any stretch of the imagination. I would have – yeah, they're both incredible. I would have Mm. Socrates in there again. I think he's critical. And then alongside him, I would actually have Squadron Mustafi. Mm. I don't think playing Koscielny on a weekly basis – is a really good idea at the moment because yeah. he is just coming back from that injury. So I would rest him for this game. And then in the left back position, Monreal I would is who I would have in there. I thought Kalashnik played well against Chelsea, but I would personally go with Monreal as a left back. And what's your back line?
1: Uh, slightly different. Maitland Niles at right back. I do hope uh, Jenkinson gets a get a bit more game time from now, but I think Maitland Niles is better than Jenkinson. I think that's quite fair, even at right back. I think maybe I it's think, a bit yeah, that's pretty common knowledge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I'd like I'd like to see Jenkinson get more opportunities, but not in this game. I want to see maitland Niles start. Maybe fair Jenkinson enough. against Cardiff uh, in midweek. Um, I think I'd trust him a bit more in that game, but he hasn't played against maybe. anyone good so far since that's he's true. come back. Very so true. against Martial, it could be a bit of a risk. So I'll go maitland Niles, and then I'd also go with Socrates. I agree, he's pretty crucial to our defence. Going with a bit of a curveball beside him. Mavro Panos. Hey! Come back into training. The Greek connection. Um, <laughs> oh,
2: he, was, I would love he played
1: against that. United. He was thrown in against United at Old Trafford last season. Was brilliant. Um, and I think he's got a future. I think the the, the coaching should... staff clearly rate him a lot. And it's a bit of a risk, but I, I'm going for it over Mustafi. I, I trust it. That's well, if, if we
0: were to play a... Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But if we were to play a young player alongside Socrates in this, because I think we all agree that Socrates needs a play. Yeah. I would I would actually agree. I would say, because I think Zek Medley has a big future for Arsenal as well. Yeah. But I think this game might be a little too big for him. Yeah. A little too big of a step. So, yeah, I mean, I would not be opposed to playing Thomas uh, at all.
1: Yeah. And then at left back, I'd be going with... Monreal as well. I think Kolasinac has yeah. played a lot of football recently. I think Monreal is very reliable. We've spoken about it in the past. So, yeah. That's
0: my back Yeah, for. he got that. He obviously he got that year-long extension. Yeah. Um, don't really understand that, if I'm being honest with you. Um, mm. Maybe it's so we could get five or six million pounds for him in the transfer window. Who knows? But yeah. I, I personally wouldn't have given him an extension.
1: Mm. Fair uh, enough. But... I think it's maybe because our budget's so low. You can't afford to buy a left back as well in this summer, so we just have to prolong yeah. it for another season. Cause it's be. yeah, because it's not completely crucial, but it, I think it is needed.
0: Coming into it's just we know that it's going to be a problem yeah. very soon. Yeah. So. But yeah, I, I think we're we're mostly in agreement. I would not be opposed to playing uh, Mavrapanosa. I, I, you know, what? it's so funny. I say his name in like six different ways <laughs> because I don't really know what the official way to say it is. I say. Mavrapanos, Mavrapana. well i guess it's only two but still <laughs> six <laughs> I don't know where the fuck that came from <laughs> but um yeah I say I say it in like a couple different ways because I don't fucking know mm. we uh proof we had Sven Mislintat as a in our recruitment staff because exactly. we're signing players that have insanely long names <laughs> I um, think it's Mavropanos that, Mavropanos. Yep, I'm gonna say it like that from now uh-huh. on. I'll probably still say Mavropanos. <laughs> but uh, the midfield three, I would go with. I'm actually gonna go with the exact same uh, midfield three that we had with mm. w- had against Chelsea. Um, Torreira, I'd like to see in this game. Granite, Jacca mm. as well. Obviously, Jaka scored against United before, mm. and then Guendouzi as well. I, I think that you know, there's reasoning for not having him in this lineup, but I think he's been playing really well recently, and or he played really well against Chelsea rather, and yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to that, but uh, mm. if Guendouzi wasn't in there, I, wouldn't act, I actually wouldn't mind maybe seeing uh, Maitland-Niles or Joe Willick playing in the midfield. Yeah. What do you think about that midfield three?
1: Yeah, I would go with the same as well. Um, I think they were so good against Chelsea, you have to play them again for me.
0: You have to, yeah. Definitely.
1: I wouldn't be opposed Um, to seeing Willock because I do like a bit of Willock, if I'm honest.
0: Yeah, I I think Willock has got – he's one of the – we were talking about it last podcast. Obviously, we had a segment about it. I think he's got a pretty bright future with the club, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah. Um, The number 10, just behind the two strikers. Mm. This is a hard decision, but I think I am once again actually going to go with Aaron Ramsey. So There's probably a a pretty – yeah. There's probably a pretty big shout to go with Mezzozo in this mm. game. But I, honestly, I don't think so. I think the form that Ramsey's in, I think it would be harsh to take him out of the lineup.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. So I,
0: I would go with Ramsey.
1: Yeah. And then, front and then two, and obviously,
0: yeah, obviously,
1: and uh, Ketia and Willow. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously.
0: Obviously, obvious front two, yeah. Obvious front two is uh, El Neni and um, a So, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, luck is that and got to got to start up front and yeah. You know, I- I'd love to see Abayme net a goal against United. Luck is that does it on a you know on a frequent basis. He will so do it. Whatever. That's cool. Yeah, luck is that's definitely going to do it. Prediction right before we put this podcast to a close, um, you know what I want to say. What? I'm going to say two nil again to the Arsenal. Same result two weeks in a, or two games in a row against massive opposition. I think the goals are going to come from Lucas Torreira. Ooh. I think he'll get a goal in another big game, and then Alexandra Lacazette. What's your Fair prediction?
1: Ten nil. Uh, <laughs> United. I wish. Nah, uh, <laughs> oh, no.
0: Don't they're they're get I'm sec- actually killed, worried
1: because they've looked pretty good. You know, Martial's been excellent. Rashford's been sensational. Pogba, again. I'm a bit worried, yeah. but, you know, after we put that performance in, I've got to back us. Obviously, I'm always going to back us. So I'm going to go 2 1.
0: 2 1. Fair enough. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Mavropanos thank winner winner. Oh, a little <laughs> late. Smackaroo in the stoppage time. well well, Alfie I lied to you I said I only wanted to go for about an hour today it has officially been an hour and a half Yeah, my missus is probably going to kill me so you will not see me coming to London this February Uh Um, thank you all for tagging along Uh, we do appreciate you guys be sure to follow the Canon Podcast that will be at Canon Podcast on Twitter Mm -hmm. also be sure to check out Alfie's YouTube channel can you yep. say it again, Alfie, what the name was?
1: Uh, ACTV, but search Alfie T V.
0: Alfie Kosho. Search him <laughs> up on YouTube. If you want, you can just search my name on YouTube. Uh, Daniel Fenton, it'll come up. Mm. And yeah, keep listening to these podcasts if you want. We also got it on Spotify, Apple Podcast. Mm. And on Apple Podcast, what we'd really appreciate you guys doing is leaving a rating. And that would, that would yeah. help us out a lot. Because Five we want to see what we have to improve. Yep. yep. Leave a five-star rating. Let everyone know. Share us, you know, retweet us, all that fun stuff so we Mm. can get more listeners. Um, And yeah, successful podcast, Alfie. An hour and a half. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, be sure to keep your eyes and ears out uh, for the next upcoming podcast. Not sure when it's going to be. I assume probably just a few days from now. Mm. And we're going to have one dedicated solely to our disgrace of a board. And that should be a fun one.
1: Got a lot to talk about there
0: got a lot to talk about. That one will probably be a 5-hour special. <laughs> so, so prepare for that one. Um Alfie, as always, it was a pleasure, my friend. It was a pleasure. And we are officially reaching the end of this beautiful podcast experience. Thank you all for coming along. We will see you later. Peace. Bye.